Hey, um, we've been talking about the gifts and we've been talking about uh, habits that we form, habits that form to give us vitality in our spiritual, physical and emotional lives. Yes, I said spiritual, then I said physical and emotional because we believe that at the heart of all of this, there's a God who designed us, had, had us in mind when he created the world and has a purpose for each and every one of us. And the reason we believe that is because I'm surrounded by testimonies of people that say my life is better because God is in it. We're going to try that again. My life is better because God's in it. My life is better because I know Jesus. My life is better because I know Jesus' kids. Some of his kids are like, really, Jesus? Really? Are these people part of my, like, really? Do I have to? Really? Like Kiwis as well? I'm sorry. Phil's literally disappeared now. He's like, I'm out of here. That's okay. Uh, But we are talking about habits that form us internally, give us spiritual strength because we believe the physical and the emotional are intrinsically linked to how we deal with the eternal. So in dealing with these kind of metaphysical, supernatural kind of things, we think, how do you actually speak about that to a group of people who just want to get today done? Because let's be honest, most of us are just trying to get through today right anybody go to those leadership conferences I'm just going to date myself in in the 90s where everybody stood up and said come up with a five-year plan and 30 seconds into your five-year plan you needed to write a new one my life has never worked by five-year plans to all of my straight arrow kind of friends who are like I've got a list and I've got a list it's kind of dots to dots to my wife had one of those and it worked fantastically she wrote it when she was 10 or 11 years old, she wrote this thing out, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to get married. And everything after that was ruined. <laughs> it all made sense till she invited me into her world. But she said a vow, so there. <laughs> <laughs> we want to develop habits that lead us well today, that just order the next step. So if you're in this space and you're online right now and you're thinking, I don't even know what tomorrow brings, that's okay because the steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord and it just says, take the next step. When a psalmist says, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path, the way I imagine that is a lantern that's just right in front of me and it's just lighting that next step and some of you desperately want to see what's five miles ahead and some of you desperately want to remember what was back there and our scripture and our God says to us, don't worry about yesterday. You can't do anything about what happened yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. Get into my word, let my voice speak to you And let me guide your next step. You guys ready for one more step today? We're just going to take one more step together. We're just going to build our confidence. We're going to build that spiritual muscle a little bit more. We've been talking about these habits. And you can see we've been talking. We started with Bible reading. Remember that? We started with Bible reading. And then we talked about attendance. And we talked about prayer. Pastor Inoka did that. And today we're going to talk about serving. Because everybody loves serving. Yes, Pastor Inoka is giving us a hand. My friends, if you think the sermon's not going to speak to you today, you can check out the podcast because we talked about it on the podcast too. And my brother John Takemar features everybody. Shout out for John Takemar. Huzzah! He's Dutch, but we love him anyway. Just going to get as many racial slurs in. No. Um, what did you say to me? If you're Dutch, you're not much. And I went, God, oh, give us a break, mate. 
It's all good. But John's on the, on, the, on, the, on the podcast. You can check out his testimony as well. By the by, if you want to go back through any of these things and learn, the less, learn some of the lessons we've been talking about, you can just hold your phone up right now and scan this thing and it'll open up the church app for you. I'd recommend you do that because then all of the readings that we do, the curated readings that Pastor Deanna has put together for us, they're all there. You can get stuck into that and uh, all the notes from the sermons and whatever. So we have, uh, some of you will have picked up a booklet today, a little little paper booklet, and you can take the paper booklet home with you. If you're a pen and paper person, you can do that. But whatever it is, as Simon said to us earlier in the service, whatever it is, we're just going to keep trying to provide resources so that all of us take one more step together because his word will speak and the gathering will speak and our prayers will speak. And as we serve, we will learn more about ourselves and our God. That's what we're talking about habits. When it comes to gifts, when it comes to gifts, how many people are gifted? <laughs> the online crew are like, they're like two hands up. They're happy emojis. All right, how many people are gifted? Oh, we're getting there. How many people are gifted? We're almost there. Online crew, just stick with us. Just stick with us. I'm just trying to convince the people in the room. How many people are gifted? Yeah. You're like, my hands are empty. That's kind of the point. That's all right. Bring your empty hands. You've got a gift inside you that God can use. That's, that's the whole point. If you take nothing else home today, just remember you have a gift inside you that, that God can do something beautiful with. You don't have to be the greatest, the best. You don't have to have a million followers on one of the social media platforms. You just have to do you. And today we're going to take one more step. Okay, this is Ephesians chapter 4. It says he handed out gifts. He handed them out. If he created you, then you have one of these things. He handed out these gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor, teacher to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work. Skilled servant, skilled servant, that word servant work, not standout work, servant work. Working within Christ's body, the church, until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, Fully mature adults. Okay, that's where I drop out, but it's all right. God's still working on me. Fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. Fully alive like Christ. Too many people want to feel fully alive, right? You didn't come to church today just to go, yeah, whatever. I want you to feel fully alive for the benefit of having gathered with his saints. Now, some of you will read those gifts and go, that's not me. We're going to come back to that later on in the gathering. We're going to talk a bit about what you could be in the body of Christ. But either way, if I could convince you of this, you are here on purpose with a purpose. You have a purpose and it is to serve with the gift that you actually have. How many people know that when you walk through the supermarket, the reason they put Stevie Wonder on is so that you walk in time with the music? Yeah? Yeah? Whenever I'm walking through the supermarket and I'm going down the aisles and I'm like, I don't want to be here right now, and then superstition starts playing. No one? If it's chili peppers and everyone's like, give it away, give it away. No, don't do that. 
But the music is there to create rhythm. And I love this kind of idea of in all of these environments where people are trying to sell us something, they're trying to get us into a rhythm. If they get you into a restaurant, they're going to play really calm music and they're going to dim the light and they're going to get you into the rhythm of relaxation. But if you go to the basketball or the soccer or whatever, they're going to play pumping music. If you go to the T20, it doesn't even matter if there's only three people in the stadium. They are going to play pumping music and make fire go off to pretend the game is more interesting than it is. That's what they're going to do, because they're trying to convince you of something. Do you know, the, the church itself feels a little messy at times, but we have this promise that if we work on our gifts, there is an opportunity to move rhythmically and easily with each other. That's why it's important that we talk about this. Romans 12, we get some of this message from Romans 12. If you preach, just preach God's message. If you're a preacher, just preach God's message. I'm not up here to tell you all of my woes and all my stories. I just want to tell you the gospel and how it changed my life, okay? Nothing else. If you help, just help don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face Romans 12 from the message version there's a lot of if then language how many people know if then if you're a mathematician if x then y have you seen those kind of equations there if this happens then that is true if you do this then that is true so I just wanted to real quickly give you a few scriptures they're in the app you can take notes right now and I'll give you a few scriptures of some ifs and then. So check this one out. If your steps, if the joy of the Lord is your strength, sorry, if the joy of the Lord is your strength, Nehemiah 8.10, what was happening in Nehemiah 8.10? They were rebuilding the walls and they were gathering the people and they were getting the people back together and they had to create a new culture from scratch. There was a lot going on there. There were people in this gathering that were weeping for what they remembered because it wasn't what they wanted right now. It wasn't as strong as it used to be. Anyone? Anyone felt that of late? I feel like pre-pandemic we had a thing going on now we don't and and Nehemiah looks at them and says the joy don't weep the joy of the Lord is your strength so if it is then celebrate in every season that's a good tip if the joy is your joy of the Lord is your strength then celebrate in every season if your steps are ordered by the Lord from Psalm 37 23 you know that one really well then walk with confidence if your steps are ordered by the Lord we're going to try and take one more step today then let it, let it carry you. Do it with confidence. Check this one out. If you are God's masterpiece, where are all the talented people in the room? You're going to get confident by the end of the message, I promise you. Where are all the gifted people in the room? Where are all the masterpieces in the room? Again, online crew, just two hands up. Put your hands up and they stay there. Yeah? If you're God's... Sorry, too many songs in my head. If you're God's masterpiece created for good works, then... Get to work. You can do something with what you've got in your hand. Let's go to the next one. If you get the opportunity at every opportunity, then work for the benefit of all. That's from Galatians 6, 10. I love that one. If you get that opportunity, just go. If everything works together for good, how many people have used this scripture before? Everything works together for good. And you're trying to help the person. They're like, shush, leave me alone. Everything is terrible right now. This is not something you should just say to somebody in pain. It's a promise you should hold on to. 
This is not a, a cover-all band-aid kind of thing. But if everything works together for good, then lean into God's love all the more fiercely. I, I put it to you this way. Whatever we see will shape the way we serve. I'm a big believer in exposing us to different opportunities around the place so that we can see where we can serve. This is what Psalm 34 says. It says, open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who what? Run to him. Run to him. Not stand passively by and go, I don't know. Where are you, God? No, no, when the psalmist said, where are you, God? He was crying out from a deep place in his soul. Where are you, God? Where are you now in my pain? And the psalmist has to remind himself that he has seen God at work before. He has tasted and seen that God is good. And blessed are you who run to him. So I want to encourage you to run to him. Run to him in every aspect of your life. We started this series. Read your Bible. Then we talked about prayer. Then we talked about gathering. We're going to keep talking about habits that help us run to him. But here's something kind of special we wanted to do today. Because during the week, we, we put the podcast out, and, and John Takemar was talking to me about how it's kind of hard sometimes if you gather in church, the, maybe the only thing you see is what happens on the platform here. You see the person speaking, you see the band, you see the worship leader. You might not see a lot of what actually happens. And so you think, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a singer, I'm not a drummer, so I can't do anything. Here's the thing. If you want to see more, sometimes you just got to stare more. You're like, my dad told me off for that. Stop staring. Stop staring. But when you're a child, you don't have that filter. You just stare at the thing you don't understand. And then you ask the question because you just think the adults will tell you. What is that about? And, you, and you, you've ever had that, that conversation with a child? Don't ask that now. That's rude. It's, it's awkward. It's socially whatever. But a child doesn't know that. And so half the time I just want to say to us is, as people who are chasing after the things of God and running to him, just stare a little longer at the word of God. Wait a little longer to hear somebody else's testimony take a little more time to come together and worship because that will shape you your shape has a lot to do with how you're going to serve there's a, a great resource you can get a hold of and it just it's an acronym for the word shape and it talks it helps you understand your spiritual gifts where your heart's at what your actual abilities are your personality yes your personality Whatever your personality is, however disappointed you are with your own personality, God can still use it. However you are, however disappointed you are with the personality of the person next to you, don't say it out loud, that's rude. And your experiences, of course our experiences shape us. You know, is it nature or nurture? And the answer is yes. The answer is always yes, nature and nurture. But your shape is made up of a few things that everybody has. A few things that some people have and a few things that only you have. They say that 80% of what you can do, everyone can kind of do. 80% of people can get up in the morning, brush their teeth and, uh, and make their bed, except for my children. <laughs> but they're learning. I love you. <laughs> By the way, my kids are all serving in church today. So <laughs> love you. <laughs> love you, kids. They're just here as... Punchlines. 15% uh, of people can do what only, only, only skilled people can do. So whatever your skill is, whatever your skill is, 
you know? There's probably, uh, you, you're a great accountant, and, and at school you're good with numbers, and you think, wow, I'm good with numbers. And then as you grow as an adult, you realize you're not that unique. There's a bunch of other people that can do that. So you can get disappointed even with the skill that you actually have, but 5%. Only you can do. And that's what we want to tap into, the 5% that only you can do. I went online and I did this little survey. You can do it yourself. And I did this little survey. That might be hard to see, but it came up. Here's the, here's the, here's the, uh, the list of things. Administration, evangelism, exhortation, encouragement, giving, mercy showing, prophecy, pastoring, shepherding, serving, and teaching. Right? So you look at that list, and probably for some of you already, it's sparking. It's like, that's me. You have a gut feeling of that's me. So I went through to see if what I thought was me was actually me. Turns out the teaching is 90%. Who knew, right? Right? Then administration in your face, everybody. <laughs> Computer says yes. Now, Simon Simonized that word for me. And made it administration. Because what he said was, he's administrative too, but not in an Excel spreadsheet kind of way. And that's why my best friend, Suze, is laughing at me right now. Because Suze is an Excel spreadsheet. You open an Excel spreadsheet and her, she does a dance of joy and little birds fly in and she goes, ah, she loves it, Excel. Whereas I go and hide in the corner. But administration, I do manage a lot of stuff and I do move a lot of pieces around to fit the puzzle and exhortation, encouragement, 71%. So I said to myself, I said, self, the computer's lying to you. So I took it again. And here's what I got the second time. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Pretty much the same thing, except prophecy had po popped up a little. Now, when I look at that, I'm not thinking Old Testament prophet that's going to tell you, woe is you who doesn't do the thing. I'm going to say, here's what I think the future looks like. Because that's kind of my pastoral teaching gift where I'm supposed to be the person getting up and exhorting people to chase after the things of God and say, if you do, this will happen, if then. So that's what I take that prophetic thing to be. Then I said to my wife, I said, wife, I said, love, I said, Dal, can you please take this? And this is what she got. And you look down the administration, evangelism, exhortation, giving mercy, showing prophecy, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? Exhortation, encouragement, 84%. Pastoring, shepherding, 71%, and evangelism, 68%. Now, I didn't get it to take it a second time, but what I recognized very, very quickly is if you put these two things side by side, my survey and her survey, you start to see two people that actually complement each other. Isn't that nice? The two shapes fit together. The two shapes fit together. When we come together as the ecclesia, as the church, we are not just by ourselves. The ecclesia, the church that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, are followers of Christ who derive their identity and their mission. Your identity is the shape of you. It's the thing that's unique about you. It's the thing that only you can do. Now, for some of us, you think there's not much I've even seen today where I could serve in this place on a Sunday. That's okay. But I am saying to you very, as boldly and as loudly as I can, whatever your hand finds to do, as the scripture says, do it with all your might. Do it with a heart after God. As the Salvos say, heart to God, hand to man. Whatever is the, the vertical relationship then, then, then creates the horizontal relationship. However, this relationship is going, the me and God relationship, the horizontal relationships are impacted, affected, and blessed by that. They say, you know, the old classic, they say, if you're feeling far away from God, guess who moved? 
Guess who moved? The scripture says to run to him. James says that we should draw near to God and he will draw near to us. My friends, let me hear this, hear this. I am not telling you, you have to come to church and do something every Sunday to be a good Christian. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear it that way. Don't hear it that way. Your works are dead without faith. Your faith, on the other hand, just puts you in places where you want to do some work. You want to put it into action because faith without works is dead. And works without faith are just look at me, look at me, look at me. They say that the greatest appetite humanity has right now is the appetite for attention. What do I want? More people to like me. How do I do that? I put a random photo on a social media platform and get a bunch of strangers I don't care about to tell me they like me. We don't need more attention from the other humans. We need a relationship with God that is so vital that it drives us to bless the other humans. And only one or two. You don't need to change the world. Do you know how you change the world? You get the lamp and you take one step. And then you get the lamp again and you take another step. This is not rocket scientists. You don't have to come up with the world-changing idea every five minutes to see God break through in the world. You just need to give him your heart and let him work on it and let him work with the shape of you. Am I getting through to anyone today? Am I? All right, it's a good sermon for me then. Your identity and your mission is derived from the person of Jesus. And when people with an identity and a mission, uh, whose, whose identity and mission are derived from the person of Jesus come together, that's called the church. And when you put the church to work, the church can do phenomenal things. 2 Timothy says this, but don't let it faze you. Stick with what you learned and believed, sure of the integrity of your teachers. This is Paul writing to his Paduan Timothy, why? You took in the sacred scriptures with your, like with your mother's milk. There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Mission on identity, mission on identity. Every part of scripture, it goes on to say, is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together. We are shaped through the word. Whatever you put in, shape what comes out. Garbage in, garbage out. Good stuff in, good stuff out. Vertical relationship, good. Horizontal relationships get better. Vertical relationship, good. Horizontal relationships get better. Horizontal relationships not working out. Go to your prayer closet, spend time with God. And he'll say, it's okay, I gotcha. 80% everyone can do, 15%. Some people can do this. 5% that's just you and me. 5% just you and me. Get in your prayer closet. Get in the word. Do the one-on-one work. And then take one more step and be bold and get back out there. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. We are literally shaped by the word. We started this series on habits. We've got a couple more to go. But the first one that Pastor Stan brought us was read your Bible. Why? Because it's so easy to consume words from everywhere else. But you chow down on this thing, it's good for the soul and it shapes who you are. 
remember, we said it a couple of weeks ago, by yourself, you're just a Christian, but together, we're the church, we're the ecclesia, we're the people of God, we are the people of faith that can go into all the world and preach the gospel and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and bring life and bring life more abundantly and lift people up and, and we, we can change the world around us. But I don't want you to think meta. I don't want you to think I have to stop all the wars and fix all the poverty and heal all the wounded, although that is always our heart. I know that I can't do that, but I know I can take one step step towards someone who needs my help and I know you can take one step towards someone who needs your help and I know that if you don't feel like you have the fuel to do that today then you can step back into the presence of God and say speak to me fuel me up let me know who I am in you tell me again about the uniqueness of me the five percent if you want to see something a little better you got to stare for a bit longer sometimes you're staring at that mirror and you're thinking I don't like what I'm seeing I don't like what I'm seeing when I looked in the mirror when I was 18 I had a lot more hair and a lot less wrinkles and I knew a lot more. <laughs> I'm just too old to know anything anymore. I'm too old to know anything. So when I preach, I just try and preach Jesus because at least I know that. And that's what Paul told us to do in Ephesians 4. When you preach, just preach the good news. When you help, don't manipulate. When you serve, don't make it about you. And our insecurities can bite us in all sorts of ways. But I'm saying, if you want to know more about you, stop staring in the mirror and stare into the Word. Because His Word is a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. And most of us just want to take one more step. Some of us are dreaming of reaching a finish line. But when you get there, you, don't, you, you, you realize the finish line's moved again. The finish line keeps moving. Because it's just me and Jesus day in, day out. And then when I get together with the church, with the ecclesia, I feel encouraged because there's more people with testimony and I feel lifted up. And then I look into the Word and I realize this has all happened before. Solomon said it, there's nothing new under the sun. And if there's nothing new under the sun, then I can learn the lessons and I can stop trying to know it all, be it all, have it all and give it all at the same time and drain myself completely and be useless to everybody. We pray as WBC that as you work on these habits, that your heart is filled, that your cup is filled, that your energy is returned. And we genuinely, genuinely pray for a church that when people see us on the corner in Werribee, they go, that's a place that's helpful. That's helpful. That's as simple as it is. Jesus walked through the streets. And he heard people calling out to him and he went to them and he healed the sick and he blessed those that didn't understand and he told those off who thought they understood but had no clue. But in all things, he did it with grace and he did it with mercy and he did it with love. And ultimately, he went to a cross just to prove how much he loved us. And he said, you are worth this much. You are worth the entirety of me. I will give up all that I am so that you know you are loved. Church, 
if you're in this space right now and you don't know you're loved, I, I, I want to invite you to come and join us for prayer in just a moment. If you're online and you don't know that, I want you to send us a prayer request and we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray right now, then we're going to worship a little. And if you'd like to come and just stand with someone and get some encouragement, our, our elders and our pastoral team will be around. Don't go from this place drained. Go from this place with your head held high. Knowing he's a good God. He has shaped you fit for purpose, ready to do any good work. My friend, you're a masterpiece. Let's pray, Father God. Thank you that you've shaped us. Thank you that you hold us now. Thank you that all we need is you. So Lord, as we, as we do the work and we discover a little bit more about who we are and maybe what our personality is and maybe what our talents and our skills are, maybe we've seen something today where we think I could serve there. But Lord, I just, I just want to come against the disappointment that can sometimes set in when we, when we dream of doing something that hasn't quite happened, when we thought we had a gift, but the world has told us actually that's not your gift. Lord, I pray that we would derive our identity and our mission first and foremost from you. And so I pray for every wounded soul in the house and online. I pray that you would remind us of the goodness of the way you created us. pray for all the disappointed hearts that they would be encouraged once more to know there's another step to take today and the step is not a step that needs to go towards career or influence or attention but it's a step towards you you have said that we are to run to you that we are to lean into you that we are to love fiercely and seek you out every single day I pray that we would be fully convinced and convicted of the work that you are doing in us each and every day so that we can take one step more each and every day with our heart to God and our hand to man. We worship you in Jesus' name. Let's worship together.